Welcome everybody to Beat the Shift Baseball. This is episode 59 for Friday, August 2nd. I'm Alex Uwe here today with Ray Estrada and a couple guests, Seamus Byerly and Ben Rognis. How are you guys doing today? Doing pretty I'm good, doing sir. great and excited to be here. First time ever on the podcast. It's been uh, three years since I wanted to be on here and finally I'm here. Yeah, we, we had to be sure. I don't, have I sure. been here for three years? Yeah, I've known you guys for three years, dude. Yeah. Time flies. A little bit longer oh than that. Our podcast guests are very well vetted, and I yes. can I can attest to these guys. We're going to be talking a lot about the trade deadline craziness, and uh, we're you know we'll we'll get to all of that. These guys. Um, why don't you Why don't you, each of you go ahead and, and tell tell everybody like who your who's your team. What gets you? What gets you fired up about baseball, Seamus? Who? Who? What's your team? What gets well, you fired I'm up? A, I'm a big A's guy. I'm also a Padres guy because I'm from San Diego. Um, the Padres really get me fired up on all the terrible things that they've been doing my whole <laughs> life. Um, I've been in a heated argument with one of my other friends today. I just found out uh, my entire life the Padres have made the playoffs three times. One of those was the World Series where they got swept when I was one. The other two were division titles when the West was a joke. I think they got swept by the Cardinals both times in the division series. So the Padres really get me fired up. But uh, my real team's the A's. But I watch the Padres every day, and they make dumb moves all the time. So got a lot in store to talk about with them. Nice. And you, Ben? Yeah. So um, representing the north side of the state, um, California, um, and all the the Giants Nation that listened to uh, beat the shift, which I'm sure is like all two of you. Um, hey, I hey started. Now. We don't go <laughs> yeah. on your podcast and start talking. Nah, Listen, right. I figure right. you guys are just kind of SoCal based. Who is a Yankees fan? Well, I don't know. Anyway, I'm just thinking about the viewers here. Anyway, going into a little bit of my background, uh, just as a Giants fan. Um, I probably started really actively watching back in 03. Um, that was the year right after that they had lost the World Series in uh, 2002 to the Angels. Um, but I had no clue. Your and that was also like, yeah, well, and then a few years later, like, I think that was when uh, Barry Bonds had gotten his big suspension. Uh, so I, it was a very confusing time for baseball, and they were getting pretty bad at that point. Um, but, yeah, no, it's it's – it's kind of interesting how at this point uh, you used to just be – like I just stayed in the Giants bubble and now that I've gotten more involved with the, everything else going on with the rest of the league, it's uh, definitely painted a more complete picture. So uh, a lot of cool stuff going on. All right. So to, for all of you that you know weren't paying attention to all those big words they were using, Seamus, A's and Padres, Ben, Giants fan. Um, yes. Yeah, and we'll we'll – talk about how your teams did at the deadline we'll talk about all of the biggest moves we'll talk about probably the best brawl that i've seen in in recent memory <laughs> absolutely but to kick it off i think it's best to start with what we're known for we're gonna we're gonna do a, a surprise stat game for the two of you uh, I, ray ray will play too just <laughs> okay. for, for all three of you um and we're gonna keep it very simple it'll be july stats from this season and we're not going to do any too crazy advanced metrics um i'm going to start it out with who had the highest batting average in the month of july and i just set like the minimum plate appearance to, to 50 so um okay i'm so how we'll do this let's make the order seamus ben and then ray and then we'll we'll kind of go like snake okay answering um, so if you get the highest of the three of you guys, then then you win the point. Um, make sense? Ready to go? Yeah. All right. Yeah, let's do it. Highest batting average in the month of July. James. Uh, um, I'm trying to th- let's see. I know. I mean, Tatis came back. He's been tearing it up. Only good, exciting part about the Padres lately. But lately, Goldschmidt's been tearing it up. I don't know if he's been getting a bunch of hits, but I know he's been hitting a bunch of bombs. So I'll go with him, but I feel like it's not even close. Paul Goldschmidt, no, not in the top 30. So if hopefully it won't get to that. Um, <laughs> ben, who do, you, who do you have? Okay, I I feel like, again, I'm putting myself in my Giants bubble here because I know his is pretty high. I don't know if it's the highest, but they uh, I know Alex Dickerson 
Um, their left fielder they picked up. I want to say he batted 400 in the month of July. He hit uh, 393, and that's the third highest. Okay, so okay, so that's well, a good. Go. It's a good answer. Yeah. yeah so that's, there you hey. go. Well, let's see if Either Ray way, can get one of the top two. Uh, I'm gonna go with um, the guy who was hot all of July, snub of the month for July team of the month, uh, Mike Trout. No, no, he, uh, he's not. Also not top. 30 he i know that so he, he did a not lot of bombs in july he did yeah he had like a 204 babbit in the month of july and oh, part of that has to do with him hitting 13 home runs because that doesn't count towards babbit but also yeah wasn't there in the batting average so ben wins the first point hey today. there we go yeah number one ben? was uh the better mike t actually mike talkman for the yankees hit 423 oh. what and Insane. Yuli Gurriel for the Astros, who's also mm. scorching hot, three ninety eight. Mm. So, yeah. Um, wow. Let's let's do the next one then. Um, this one might be. This one might be too. I was gonna do home runs, but um, I kind of already gave him, gave it all away there. Um, okay. So I don't I don't no. think I will. I think I'm gonna I'm gonna change on the fly here, and we're gonna do RBIs instead. Most RBIs this past month. RBIs. Are we going snake? So I'm going first. Yeah, you go first. Um, RBIs in the month of July. Um, I'll go Paul Goldschmidt. He's fifth. Ooh, okay. Oof. We're tied for fourth actually. So nice. Mm. Let me think about this because I think I was actually going to go with Goldschmidt too, um, but I'm thinking. Like, I know, obviously, the Red Sox, they score just, you know, a crap ton of runs, but I feel like they're pretty evenly dispersed. I'm going to go a little bit outside of what I thought originally. I'm going to go with Freddie Freeman. Freddie Freeman did not that drive in enough, good. apparently. <laughs> to be no, not even top. close? No. All right, never mind. Interesting. Um, I'll also go with the Brave, too. I'll go with Donaldson. He's been really hot lately ever since he got in that fight with the Pirates. That's that's a very good guess because he's tied with Goldschmidt for fourth. Mm. So ah. this is this is the lightning round tiebreaker here. See if either <laughs> of you guys can get one of the top three. Should just Sheamus and Ray. Go ahead, Ray. I feel um, like there's an obvious one in there that I'm thinking, but I'll let you guys take it. Mike Trout, is he up there in RBI yes, too? Yes. God damn it. That's who I was going to go There's with. There's two guys ahead of him. Two guys. Think the other guy, Seamus. Think National League. I bet it's him. I really don't know. Let me think. Who's been scoring runs a bunch? This, this is, yeah. Right, okay. You're on the clock, Seamus. Let's go. I mean, <laughs> I'll just go out of, I'll go with Yelich just because I know he drives in a bunch. Um, No, it's not, not this past month. He was like 23rd. Oh, uh, wow. Um, so the top two were Rafael Devers, who mm. drove in 34 mm. runs, and then Yuli Gurriel, who we talked about. So I was right, right, about, the, about, the, right oh. about the Red Sox part. Yeah, so Ben, you were on the roll there, that away. It's close. Yeah. And then okay. right behind Goldschmidt and Donaldson was Travis Darno, which is just stupid. Mm. But oh, I was yeah. right. Travis, Travis Darno has been a one-man wrecking crew this, this, yeah. this month. <laughs> yeah, who would have thunk it? Um, okay, let's do, let's do a bad stat. Um, let's do strikeout percentage for hitters. So they just did not have a good month. Oh, for batters. Oh, for batters. These are, these are, this is the bottom of the barrel now changing gears on you here. Actually, you know what? No, I'm going to change. I'm going to make it just straight up most strikeouts, not strikeout percentage, even though strikeout percentage is a stat that I use more just because it's a month sample. Um, gonna do strikeouts most strikeouts in july okay yeah hmm is that where we're going where we're going seamus uh, first? is first now yeah okay well i'm gonna go with a padre he's a classic he loves <laughs> to grab he's been striking out all year so why not will myers will myers is actually not not on here i he as he as he missed time this month, I don't think he's played enough. Like he doesn't play every day anymore. Yeah, we're just yeah. going straight, straight quantity of strikeouts. Yes, I, I mean he strikes out every at bat. He's terrible. Yeah, um, not <laughs> doesn't play enough even to crack this list though. Uh, ben, who you got? 
I'm thinking, and it's just because I was, I was watching the game the other day, um, I'm going to go with Reese Hoskins. Reese Hoskins. Interesting. Um, I don't see him either. You, ah. guys, you guys don't know who strikes out a lot, I guess. Apparently not. Uh, huh. Ray, let's see, let's see if you can get him. Let's see. Get somebody. I need somebody in the top 30. Yes. Ugh. Why, this should be easier, but it, it, I don't know why it's so hard right now. Um, blah, 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 blah. I'll throw it out there. He's been kind of striking out a lot lately. Cody Bellinger? Cody Bellinger. Is he in the top 30? Uh, no. You guys <laughs> okay. all... I'm not even going to I'm not even gonna go past this page because that's just set. Oh, just I just sad. thought of one. I just thought of one. Can I, can I try one more let's, time? Let's try one more time. If yeah, we'll try one more time. Quick answers. Okay. Go, go I'll just again. go right away. Is it Chris Davis? But Chris not, Davis not, not is the, 30th. I, I was talking about uh, A's Chris Davis. Oh, then no. <laughs> <laughs> can I say Chris Davis in the Orioles? No, not allowed. Dang it. Okay. Never mind. <laughs> These are guys that play like that play regularly, right? Because they have to play regularly to rack up that many strikeouts. Oof. Some good players on this list. I'll just I'll say that much. Hmm. Seamus, Ray, you guys got anything? I'm thinking. I'm gonna go with Aaron Judge. I feel like he. Aaron Judge is strikes- number two. Oh, oh there we go. Now we're cooking. Thirty-eight strikeouts last month. Jeez. Dang. It's not been hot. I do remember that. No, not at all. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna give Seamus the the point there because he's the hey. only one that got anything remotely close. Um, <laughs> number one is Scott Kingery, actually. Thir- just one oh, more strikeout than Judge. Uh, I would not that. Um, and Eugenio Suarez, who's actually been hot, is is right behind there too. James McCann, Fernando Tatis, mm. and and Ronald Acuna, both of them striking out a lot. Um, chase that spider. Lots of very good players that have just been striking out that struck out a lot last month. Keston Hira is among the leaders in strikeouts for last month, and he's he had a great month. He was hashtag man crush. He was on yeah, and he was on the he was on the the team of the month for for July. Um, so yeah, plenty of guys like that. All right, we spent a lot of time on on just that one. Does do any <laughs> of you guys know what what score you have right now? I have one. I have one. We okay. all have one. You all have one. All wow. right. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna go to pitchers. Um, I'm gonna say we do three three stats from pitchers, and yeah, let's just let's just have fun with it, right? Um, okay. Go. Okay. I'm gonna ask you which pitcher had the the best ERA, lowest ERA. Ooh. Uh, Tianjin Ryu. Hyunjin Ryu is second. Mm. This is starting pitchers, too. I don't think relief pitchers Starting qualify. only? Yeah. I don't think it's qualifiers, so I don't think relievers qualify. Mm. Um, mm. Go ahead, Ben. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm mulling it over. I mean, I I don't want to say too many, like, just obvious ones, but I, I, don't, I don't actually know because I haven't been following him too much, but Garrett Cole? Garrett Cole is seventh. Okay. Top ten, I'll take it. Both of them sub two ERAs this past month, so not bad. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, I guess I'll go Grinky. I mean, he just got traded, so he must be doing decent at least. Zach Grinky, twenty mm, sixth. Ooh. I had a two ninety ERA last month. Not bad. Was it Verlander? No, number one was Jacob Degrom, who was really? uh, who was the July pitcher of the month. So that's under the radar. Uh, I haven't like, seen the pitchers of the month yet. Yeah, and Strasburg is up there. Kershaw is four. Julio Tehran snuck into number five mm. somehow with mm. a had a 460 xFIP last month with a 148 ERA quite a month. Mm. Um, so yeah, that was not something you see every day. Um, mm. Let's let's do let's switch to uh, relief pitchers then, um, if if it will allow me to relievers. Um, who had the most saves this last month? Let's leave Seamus starts this one. Not Kirby Yates. The Padres didn't win any games. Can't <laughs> 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 save any. You don't win any. Who else is up there? No one really got traded. Mm. Make it snappy. Yeah, I yeah, know. Get right to it. 
I'm just going to throw one out there just for the sake of... I'll just throw one out there. I don't know. I'm going to go with Liam Hendricks just for fun. He's tied for second. Tied for wow. Second. There you go. I'm going to go with uh, Felipe Vazquez. No, he is not. They haven't been winning any the, the games. The Pirates have dude. legitimately not... He had two saves last month. Yeah, they didn't uh, win any. Uh, Will Smith. Will Smith. Uh, no, he is... Oh. He only had yeah. five. Uh, so Seamus wins that five in July. The, the top, the top two were Ian Kennedy and Carlos Martinez. Oh, former right, starter. Kennedy. Kennedy too. Dang it! Oh. What am I doing? Yeah, interesting. Um, <laughs> let's do one more then. So it's two to two to one. Two to two to one. Yeah. I, I still have one. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, you can you can go for the the, the tie. So. Wait, have we done five already? This one's worth ten points. Yeah, we have. Um, no, one. that's I'm. That's not that's the game. Not, that's not oh, the okay. game. Um, okay, one more for pitchers. Ah, uh, don't I don't I don't know what's a good one. Should I just maybe like whip or something? I don't know. That one's pretty hard. All right, no let's do that. whip. Per Ben's suggestion, I feel All like right. he, if if he gets it right, if he gets it right though, then I'm gonna be suspicious. <laughs> well, I'm I mean, looking yeah. it up. Um, among starters, we'll do starting pitchers. Um, among starters. It's hard to hit. Dang. Um, I'll go. Um, uh, I'll go. Jacob Degrom. Um, Jacob Degrom was number fifteen. Oof. Really? With a whopping one whip. Oh, jeez. Whopping one whip. Try saying that five times fast. Whopping one um, whip. Whopping one whip. Whopping one whip. Whopping one whip. Whopping one whip. All right, you get a point. Um. <laughs> all right. Um. I think. I don't know why I'm feeling. I'm feeling Strasburg. Um, it's better. He's seventh. With okay. Point nine two whip. All right. Um, you said Tehran was hot earlier. I'll take him. Uh, not not a bad guess. Fourteen. He had a point nine nine whip. So it's second best. But Ben Ben got the point. Hey, there we go. So that's a three way tie. I think I have to do a tiebreaker. Tie <laughs> tiebreaker. Yeah. Tie tie By the way, number one in whip. Was you Darvish? Wow. I don't. Huh. I don't think Good anybody saw that coming. He had a .82 no. WHIP last month. Wow. So does that have his ERA on there? Take that for data. Um, he had a .293 ERA. Hmm. Yeah. He had a good start last time, so I can see that. But that guy like, is just walking everybody, or at least he had been before this month. True. Huh. All right. Um, I gotta do a tiebreaker now. I'm gonna I'm gonna go back to batters for this one, okay? okay. And I'm gonna say that the tiebreaker. You know what? I'm just gonna do, um, war. I'm just gonna do Fangraphs war. It's it's probably a dumb one actually, um, because there's every you, you all know the the one player that just amasses more war than anybody else, so that's just not it's just not interesting. Yeah, don't enough. do that. Don't do that. We all know who it is. Not going to do it. Okay. Yeah, all of us definitely know. <laughs> That's Mike Trout. Duh, right? Duh, yeah. Oh, um, it's Pablo Sandoval, Ben. How do you not know this? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> man, pinch hitter uh, legacy over there. Tell me about it. Um, <clears throat> all right, let's let's do um, – I don't even think Fangrass has OPS. Um, <laughs> but that that's similar. Really? No. They have each one. I'm going to do stolen bases just because Oof. this is really going to test mm. who pays enough attention. Oof. Um, well, I don't know if he's gotten on base enough, but I'm just going to go off my fantasy knowledge-ish. I'm going uh, to go with Malik Smith. Malik Smith is second. Okay. Stole eight bases this past month. So Ben's looking pretty good for, for this one. Solid right now. Did you say somebody? Uh, no, I'll go. Honestly, I'll go Tatis. I know he likes to swipe a lot of bags. I don't know if he, he gets thrown out a lot though, so I can see him. Not. Yeah, not not enough apparently. Um, did he? I guess he didn't even swipe three bases this month. Is that is that right? Man, I, I don't know. I know he tries to steal a lot. He gets thrown out a lot. Oh well, he should stop doing that. <laughs> um, there's one guy with more than Malik Smith. I will go with your ultimate man crush. I'll go with Trey Turner. No, no. It would have been uh, a good guess. He stole four bases last month. Um, uh, it, the first one was actually Ronald Acuna. 
You stole 12 Ooh, bases. Uh, oh, that's right. I probably would have gotten that one because I have plenty of fantasy shares of him. He's great. I forgot we talked about that. He was, he's, he's been running as of he, late. He has a 25-25 season already. Wow. Pretty, wow. pretty impressive. Nice. All right. If he, was, if he was healthy right now, I would have guessed Adalberto Mondesi, but he uh, – That would have been, been a good guess too, but yeah, unfortunate. Um, yeah, so that took a while, but we did come out <laughs> with, with a winner. Congrats, Ben. Hey, there we go. That would have been impressive. That yeah, cool. I'm trying to keep up over here. I'm trying to be a, a regular guest on this show, so I gotta, I gotta stay with it. All right. Well, we have, we had lots. To, I, I maybe should not have started with this. In hindsight's 2020, <laughs> but we're gonna, we're just gonna talk about all the big things that happened. So let's start with Tuesday, the day before the trade deadline. Um, there was a huge trade that was made that came out of nowhere. Trevor Bauer is now a Cincinnati Red, and Fanuel Reyes was sent to the Indians as part of this three-team deal. Um, Yasiel Puig also to the Indians. And, yeah, like a lot of other like smaller moving pieces too. And then the craziest part was that like 15 minutes after this, this trade broke on Twitter, uh, the Reds and Pirates got into a brawl after Amir Garrett, the pitcher for the Reds, charged the Pirates' dugout. I've never seen a player charge a dugout, but he did. Came in flying, throwing a, throwing haymakers at Trevor Williams. And it was a huge scuffle. Um, Red's manager, who was ejected already, uh, David Bell, got like taken to the ground after like charging in there too. It was, it was madness. Like David Eckstein. Yeah, well, that's. <laughs> I was not expecting that to be a storyline. Um, but just from like a an objective brawl judgment standpoint like how, how do we how do we grade this brawl <laughs> i mean it's got to be at least top five and top three in my recent memory i mean i i know they just finally finished handing out all the or i think it was as of today they finally uh gave out all the the bands and other suspensions and it's i think it's allotted up to 40 total games for all the players involved um i know the coaches actually got it pretty bad but it's bell got six hurdle got two yeah, if you watch the uh, if you watch the video, because I was watching a few breakdowns of it, like you can see that even I think it, I can't remember if it was the pitching coach or the, the head coach that went out to go talk to Garrett, but he almost like gives him like the okay, like he takes the ball, he like pats him on the well, butt, and Garrett and I think called him out, and it was basically saying I'm gonna go fight them, because then the whoever probably the bench coach, because Bell was ejected at that point, mm-hmm. turned and like turned quickly to the dog. I was like, yeah, get somebody ready, he's about to go. <laughs> Yeah. Of course, of course, you watched them. the John Boy breakdown. I know, I know oh, you yeah. did. I'm glad you I mentioned. Did. I'm glad you put that plug in there because that was uh, that's that's my go-to for the breakdowns. Yeah. He's funny. He's he's good. Um, yeah, yeah. And it, it mostly yeah. just l- lets you catch things that you wouldn't have otherwise seen. Like um, like he's Chris really Archer just had a really bad time. Oh yeah, <laughs> tried to tried to get in there to break up the scuffle. Immediately got knocked to the ground, this. and then the second he stands up, gets like thrown into the the railing by Puig. It's just body checked by Puig. Yeah. Yeah. Um, lots of, there's so, that's the thing about brawls is you can follow one player and there's so many, there's just a lot happening. So many mm-hmm. unique storylines like Joey Votto and, and I forget who it was. Somebody else were just like laughing afterwards <laughs> that, man, that wasn't fun. Um, my favorite thing was, um, the Reds audio guy who was just killing it throughout the brawl, oh, yeah. keeping the stadium engaged. He was playing, uh, can you feel the love tonight from Lion King at one oh. point in there? which yeah. is just masterful work. Um, props to him. If if anybody knows, who, if there's any way to know who that is, I, I want to meet this person. Um, but yeah. If you're listening at home, we appreciate you. Yes, you are appreciated. <laughs> um, but yeah, okay. So like the, the biggest part of it with actual implications is Puig being part of this brawl while not being part of the team whose uniform mm-hmm. he was wearing, which I, I can't explain to you why he was in the game. Because that's just not something teams ever do. They get taken out immediately once they've been traded. But he was there, and he was in the middle of it. So he was suspended. He's going to have to serve that with Cleveland, I guess. Three games, I think. It's three they came out with today. Yeah, you got three. The funny thing, the funny thing I noticed about Puig, because obviously Puig's been in his fair share of scuffles before, it seems like every single time, because like obviously he's a big, intimidating dude. Like He probably messed some people up. But every single fight, you seem to notice that the guy that's trying to, you know, pick one with him, it's always the same thing of like, yo, bro, like, hold me back. And like every single time, there's always that one guy just like, oh, yeah, hold me back. But it's like, Madison Bumgarner, what? 
Yeah, well, okay. Well, I figured that was coming, but like, I think I want to say it was Kyle Crick this time that he was like, yeah, you know, a big game. You guys like, yeah, hold me back, Do hold something. me back. And, like, he had like a straight lane towards him. I'm like, no, go ahead, fight him. And give him Puig, was, Puig was gonna walk up to him and do something, and Puig got manhandled by 10 other guys to keep him away. <laughs> yeah. yeah, one of yeah. these days, oh, yeah. no one's Definitely gonna stop somebody. He's not the guy I want to get punched. <laughs> I was watching on MLB Network, they were talking about it, and they were like, who would you not want to get in a fight with? And they were like, Shohei Otani, he's huge. And I'm like, did you not see Puig out there in the shirtless jersey? Wait, yes. they actually said Shohei Otani is the player they least want to get into a fight with in Major League yeah. Baseball? Uh, Maddie he's v. so nice. Maddie v. He, yeah, he'd exactly. probably bow to you before, like, <laughs> yeah. uh, and if he had to, he'd beat the crap Vas- out of you. has been on something this year. He's had some weird takes. Yeah, he always did. I mean, back in the day, he was great, but now he's just weird. Now that well, what are ESPN, your personal just... answers to that question? That's a good question. Ooh, that is good. I was um, honestly going to go with Puig, to be honest. Puig, Puig or Cespedes? I'll, go with, I'll, I'll go with Dietrich. I don't want to mess with Dietrich. Derek Dietrich. You know, just because of what I've seen before, I don't know why I my my instinct says Nolan Arenado. I don't know why. There's just something really like wiry and fiery about him that's just like I feel like he'd be too fast. Well, he won't hit you with his helmet though. He got one with um, either. Yeah, so, I, whatever fight I'm thinking of, like for some reason, I remember watching that like a few years ago. And being Arnaldo like, got a one versus the Padres, right? Was that the Padres? Yeah, he got thrown at. I'm gonna go with Arnaldo. I wonder if there's like any MLB players with like fighting backgrounds, like growing up. Did I, I, I don't know. Um, I mean, Seamus was I'm sure arrested. there are some guys in the MLB who do like MMA in terms of like for. There's gotta be scouts. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I, m- for me, it might be. Luke Voigt is like a very scary, Ooh. scary yeah. barrel of yeah. man. Um, so yeah, um, I think that's that's about it for the the brawl though. L- let's let's talk to you, Seamus, about this trade, which pretty objectively looks awful for the Padres. Um, they traded away Franmil Reyes, who is having a very good year and is a beloved Padre, or was you know before Tuesday, and. They they dealt him and two other prospects in order to get one prospect back, uh, Taylor Trammell, I believe is how you say his name. Correct. And he's a top prospect for Correct. the Reds, but has been off to like a terrible start this year. Yeah, he's struggling double A this year. So I just want to hear it firsthand from a Padres fan who's just sick and tired of it. Like, how? how oh do, yeah, how we, have feeling? Lot, we have a lot to say. I, I mean. I have a friend that's all about it. He just he really likes AJ Preller and what he's been doing, but uh, a lot of my friends are really pissed because I mean, people may think Tatis is the face of the team. They may think Machado is the face of the team, but it's really the Franimal. You go to a Potters <laughs> game, the Franimal is who the fans love. People are pissed. I've known some kids that are crying over it. I mean, I was super bummed. It was my mom's favorite player. We're all super bummed. And the guy they got back, in my opinion, I. I'll back, you know, I got some some info on him now for you guys, but I don't see him being that great. I kind of see him similar as a Greg Allen on the Indians, to be honest. I know he's got a higher ceiling, but Ooh. I could see him really being that. Um, the report I got on him is he's elite speed, adequate hitter, low power, low arm, and he's fast so he can cover a lot of ground, but he doesn't have a good read tracking balls. So I know his first season as a minor leaguer, he started off really hot. And that's where he really rose through the ranks of the Reds. But ever since then, he's gone to high A. He was worse. Game to double A, he's been even worse. So, I mean, the statistics, I mean, on the basics, I don't know his exit velos, his launch angles and all that. But looking at his old school stats, he's been on decline ever since his first year. So, I'm I'm not excited about it. I mean, the Franimal has a chance. I mean, he's going to hit at least 30 bombs. He could hit 40. People loved him. Logan Allen... I saw his uh, John Cena debut. That was great. I mean, he just carved up the Brewers. He probably could have went for the whole game. He went seven shutout innings. I could see him going for a complete game shutout. I feel like they didn't. The Padres really didn't give him a fair chance. He had, I think, four starts till they moved him to the pin. He's been struggling there, but he was a top 100 prospect. And we're kind of tired of getting all these prospects, man. We were supposed to be good the, uh, next year. It looks like they're going to push that back a year now. And it's with the Padres always. Next year, next year, next year, but uh, when's our chance to actually win a game, you know? 
No, we started off hot this year. Now we're tanking. If we were going to go all the way and fold for the rest of the season, why not trade Yates? People wanted him, especially without Velasquez being traded. I think we could have got a huge return for him, but we'll see. We'll see how this guy pans out. Hopefully he becomes our starting center fielder one day and is a stud, but who knows? Yeah, I think it's interesting. We'll talk more about the risk averseness that's very clear in, in baseball based on what we saw this deadline, but... I want to bring up a, a topic that, you know, I you, you can kind of, like, every team can kind of relate to in some way, and that's the concept of trading away the fan favorite. And uh, Fran Mill Reyes is not a franchise player by any means. He came up last year. But, it, you oh, know, yeah. we've seen a lot of it in recent years, especially you guys like Evan Longoria going to the Giants, uh, hey. the Rays trading him, Andrew McCutcheon being traded from the Pirates are probably, like, the two biggest hey. ones that I can think of. Um, and... There seems to be like way too much emphasis placed on just extracting every last ounce of on-field value, you know, from a from an advanced analytical standpoint, and kind of neglecting the the fans who are the ones that that you're there to to win for, that you're trying to to put a good product out there for and it just seems counterproductive in every case that i've seen it and especially in this case where this is a a promising you know kind of um kind of figure for that team in the long run he could have been he could have been a face of the franchise player he's on his well on his way had a great and the franimal is just a great nickname and love it. Yeah, he was beloved. He sings. He he yeah, jokes. He's it. he's enormous. He's he's lovable. It's it's great. And it bombs. I I kind of want to hear how you guys feel about treating treating fan bases from a team perspective, and you know, kind of um, honoring the the players that are um you know that are cornerstones of your franchise. Um, Ben, this is a yeah. big. This was a huge point that was made. This trade deadline with the Giants mm-hmm. not selling their pieces mm-hmm. after going on a crazy hot streak in July. Um, you know they they said that they were going to keep Madison Bumgarner. They were going to keep the other pieces that were going to that were making them successful, and they were just going to run with it. Um, and I think. I, I can't speak for all Giants fans, but they're probably pretty pleased with that, even though they yeah. didn't get big prospect packages back. Why don't you tell us, like, your personal feelings on the matter? Yeah, and, you know, I think that, um, I don't know, I after the past couple seasons of what people are now calling the Kevin Durant curse era, because, like, right when he signed with the Warriors, we started getting really bad in 2016, and then um, now that he's gone, we've been, <laughs> we, uh, we went on a hot streak. No, and that, that was the big main positive to keep Bumgarner. It wasn't necessarily that, oh, you know, this guy is still one of the most dominant pitchers of the league. He was kind of getting, like, middle-tiered. You know, he, he's, he's slowly kind of been declining. But it's really just, you know, first and foremost, that this is a guy that's been with us for, you know, three World Series wins. You know, you know statistically is the most dominant World Series pitcher of all time. Um, been very vocal that he wanted to stay with the team. And quite frankly, having guys like that, that even, you know, like Brandon Belt, uh, you know, Buster Posey, Brandon Crawford, those guys that honestly have kind of been struggling a lot this season, the fact that we still have that familiarity of these players that led us through these really wonderful times as Giants fans, you know, keeping them around is super important. Um, and, you know, it's, you know, again, I can't imagine uh, how that must feel because obviously I'm not as familiar with Fermo Reyes, but, you know, I mean, from the two Padres games I went to, I mean, you know, it's, I've seen it myself, you know, the man's a fan favorite. Um, you know, it seemed like they're kind of heading in the right direction. And, you know, quite frankly, having, having those familiar faces around have been, have made it easier for me to be a Giants fans, despite the tough, the tough times. So I, uh, now obviously I'm very pleased with how it went for, for my team, but I can't even imagine what it's like for, you know, some of the other guys out there. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah, definitely. Like that, that would, you know, there was a lot of talk when, when Derek Jeter was, was still a thing when he, when he had free agency, there was, you know, rumors and stuff about him maybe going to another team to get more money, but the, really, in the, in everybody's minds, they knew like there's no way he's going anywhere. Like this team is going to honor him, and they paid him. They overpaid him 
for the last <laughs> bit of his career. And nobody had a problem with it because that just it just seemed right, you know? Yeah. And maybe maybe we just need a little bit more of that. Maybe teams are just overthinking now. Um and yeah. like like I said, there's they're so risk averse with this being the first year that there is a single trade deadline. There's no waiver deadline this year, um, at the end of this next month. No Justin Verlanders moving a month from now. Um <laughs> it was supposed to kind of encourage teams to be more decisive and and act swiftly by this July 31st deadline. But that wasn't the case. There were a lot of potential trade candidates that were left, you know, on the same teams. And that really could have been huge chips for, yeah, huge, um, huge, you know, um, X factors for, for other teams, you know? Uh, major, major pieces, to, to name a few, like uh, Felipe Vasquez from the Pirates mm-hmm. still there, Noah Syndergaard, Zach Wheeler from the Mets, both still there. Zach Wheeler, really, uh, Syndergaard we'll talk a little bit more about. Zach Wheeler, though, um, this is a, a true rental. He's a free mm-hmm. agent at the end of this year. That one is shocking to me. Alex Colomay of the White Sox, mm-hmm. um, Matt Boyd of the Tigers, Mike Miner of the Rangers. Um, there are more. Um, and this is just to name some of the, the biggest pieces. And it seemed like the fault was not with any one side of it. The sellers were being very aggressive in their asking prices. A lot of it because the players that they were dealing were not pure, purely rentals and they had team control beyond this year. So they didn't budge. They didn't budge as the deadline came. And the buyers, like I said just weren't willing to give up minor league assets to to make their teams better for a playoff push, for a World Series push. Um, and like for me and for you too, I'm sure, Ray, um, being fans of teams that are pretty much shoo-ins for the playoffs, but, you know, really looked like they needed um, that next, that, that extra little edge uh, by the time the playoffs come. This is the time to do it. This is the time to address that and two of the biggest front offices in baseball really inactive at the deadline. Mm. So I'll ask you then, Ray, what you, you felt like the Dodgers could have done differently or if it's just an unfortunate situation all around. Um, I think uh, the Dodgers maybe could have moved on from Vasquez sooner. They maybe could have put a little more emphasis on maybe a, a Shane Green or – I mean. I guess Mark Lanson was a was a giant. That'd be a tough trade to make, but um, well, they have Farhan up there. But yeah, it would be it. Um, the point. The, the thing is that they wanted Vasquez, who has a lot of team control, which um, a lot of the sellers valued. They they maybe over overvalued what team control was compared to what the um, buyers were valuing it as. And they were asking for the Dodgers' number one prospect, plus I think one of the other top five. Their Dodgers' number one is Gavin Lux, who's tearing it up in AAA right now, uh, second baseman. And the Dodgers just weren't willing to willing to bite. And the Tigers too, with with Matthew Boyd, we apparently heard that they were they asked for Gleyber Torres, which is somehow more ridiculous than asking for Gavin Lux for Felipe Vasquez, uh, for, for for Matt Boyd. Um, so it it um, it. It's kind of one of those years. the The sellers were asking for a lot, and the buyers didn't want to didn't want to give up a lot. I mean, it wasn't you're trading a lot of um, like AAA prospects, major league guys, which I think is what is tough to trade when they're so close to the majors that can help you sooner than later. So I I think it's just I mean, Dodgers got a lefty reliever, Colerec. Lefties are hitting 187 off them this year. Um, the Dodgers have so, possible solutions, so I think. Um, I it was just kind of a weird year. Year the deadline, teams didn't want to give up a lot of prospects, and the teams that the sellers wanted really big hauls for their for their guys. Mm-hmm. And I I agree with most of that, except I don't think this is a fluke. Um, especially just based on on everything that we've seen, you know, the last the last year or so, the way that teams are are handling everything. There is, if you ask me, way too much emphasis put on minor league um you know prospects basically and a lot of that has to do with 
the value of the franchise overall, right? These prospect rankings are hugely important, and teams like the Padres can can keep turning out top tier farm systems year after year. But if those are not turning into productive major leaguers, like Seamus, good, tell us tell us the stat that you that you were uh, looking into regarding like the success rate of minor leaguers, which yeah, we forget was, about a lot. I totally agree with you on that. The teams are overvaluing uh, prospects nowadays just because uh, teams now really value controlling young players at cheap costs. Mm. And who could blame them? That's I mean, the Astros did that. The Dodgers have somewhat been doing that. I mean, they've been using a lot of their prospects to win their games. But the Astros really changed baseball when they started getting good in that they had their guys that were really good that worked out and they weren't making much money so they can go out and get who they needed. But yeah, I mean, I was looking over, I was arguing with a friend over this uh, trammel trade and most prospects do not work out. I'm one study I saw is from the early, from the nineties to the early two thousands that about only 30% of top 100 prospects ever, ever even play in the big leagues and about overall of all prospects, only 20% top prospects like top 30 in a team even step foot on a big league field so it's really a gamble and these teams are really valuing it now because of that low cost when they're actually playing on the team and they do work out even though most of them do not work out yeah and it's what's hugely disappointing to me is that the teams that are that are in it, you know, that are, that are the ones that should be the most aggressive buyers I'm not necessarily, I, I have a lot of respect for teams like the Giants and the Diamondbacks and the the Rangers who you know, made trades but more or less stood their ground from a competitive standpoint and wanted to to stay relevant even though they're very middling teams that may or may not sneak into a second wild card spot and mm. you know with with the big teams that are kind of in charge right now you know there's there's a few powerhouses that really look like world series contenders they they hadn't they haven't done enough if you ask me to show me that they're they're really trying to win the world series. they're prioritizing winning the world series and me more than anybody acknowledge can is able to acknowledge that winning the world series is not everything some fans do think if you're not winning championships, then your team is failing. I'm not one of those people, but I do like to see teams with the resources to do so making every effort to do so. And the fact that the Yankees—I'm going to do my my Yankees piece here, um, <laughs> and I will try to keep it brief. The, the fact that the Yankees did not get a starting pitcher is <clears throat> truly disheartening. More than anything, you know, I, some some people are angry, some people are confused. It's just disheartening, really, to see yeah, the way that's handled. And m- mostly in this specific case, because of the way that they've treated Clint Frazier, who looked to be like the best trade chip on the market, ar- arguably mm-hmm. of, of anybody, you know, minor mm-hmm. leaguers included, because Clint Frazier is a major league proven hitter. That's huge. Mm-hmm. He's going to be a productive major leaguer wherever he goes immediately. And... He's he's with the Yankees. He's still in the minor league. I don't know the, what the Yankees are doing. They need to call him back up because I figured they were just gonna you know leave him down in the minor leagues until they were able to trade him for a starting pitcher that we so desperately needed. I I was <laughs> I would have put good money on Matt Boyd going to the Yankees in some sort of deal involving Clint Frazier because the ti- that's exactly the type of player that the Tigers need back along <laughs> with others because the Tigers are are just a sad husk of a team right now. And they need yeah. they need prospects, but they also need you know a guy like Clint Frazier is exactly who they want, a guy with lots of team control and who is proven, right? That's all you ask cuz you know we talked about minor league success rates. But they they hung on to Boyd, who has lots of team control, but is probably not going to ever have more value than he had this trade deadline if we're being mm-hmm. honest. Yeah, I was I was very surprised that the Yankees didn't get a starting pitcher of some kind um because it seemed to me they they needed a starting pitcher more than the Dodgers needed a reliever, and the Dodgers still got a reliever of some kind. But the Yankees not getting a starting pitcher was uh, just baffling to me. Yeah, and especially with all the weirdness, the Marcus Stroman going to the Mets and now <laughs> going to the Reds, seemingly non-contenders. Um, it's it seems strange that the Yankees 
or other teams looking for starters were not able to outbid either of those teams. Uh, the the Indians did get a lot back in in the right package back for Bauer, if you ask me. But um, it's it really j- seemed like a like a, a scared deadline because nobody ever wants to make the wrong moves, right? Or or trade the wrong players away, or mm. you know empty out everything but it, it just seemed so unreasonable at every turn all the sellers making ridiculous asks like asking for glaber torres is essentially like asking the blue jays for vladimir Guerrero jr the braves for ronald acuna like a, a 22 year old who has like half it like half a decade of team control still and is already a proven major leaguer like an, a proven all-star caliber major leaguer it's just yeah. ridiculous to me that that's the expected return in a in a package for Matt Boyd. Come on, like at some point, I think things will normalize because the teams that are just really out of it will realize maybe this wasn't such a good idea, not getting anything for these these high valued assets that we have, and we're still kind of kicking around down here with without any bright future ahead of us, and the teams at the top as early as this year could could realize man we were that close to really locking this thing down and we just didn't do enough and uh, all right i think it's almost criminal that we've gone um like 40 plus minutes into the show without talking about zach ranky going to the astros i was wondering where we're gonna get to that <laughs> yeah I've been, I've um got let's see this is this is um we had a lot going on, okay, to be fair. But this yeah. um, huge deadline buzzer beater. I thought the deadline looked like just one of the most boring and dull and disheartening deadlines ever. And then five, minutes, still after, five minutes after the deadline, more or less, Zach Ranky to the Astros breaks. Huge. Blown up. Castellanos goes to the Cubs. Huge. Where was all this, like, ten minutes ago when, <sighs> when the, the, the hype was at its peak? But... Okay, new three-headed monster. Um, we've seen, you know, similar pitching or starting rotation, um, you know, just dominance throughout this decade. And it hasn't necessarily translated to World Series success, but it's definitely never a bad thing. Um, and the Astros did something similar with Justin Verlander the year they won. So, um so now it's Verlander, Cole, and Granky. Are are you guys scared? Well, like... <laughs> honestly, like thinking about how how much talent is spread out around the the game now, and like you know, it's this isn't a new thing, you know. But I mean, it's no coincidence that how many different World Series winners that there's been, like you know, there's never been like a you know like a back to back winner or anything, or at least in a very long time or anything of the Not sort. Since and, the Yankees in a '98-'99. Yeah, exactly, and that you know is one of the most infamous dynasties of all time, you know, and that's and but that's like the only example we can think of. And you know, I, I was talking to my my dad about this the other day, how a realistic postseason run in regards to pitching, and this is kind of the model we came up with is you have to have at least two like elite pitchers and then like the assuming that you do like the the three days rest thing you have two like elite pitchers and then two like you know above average like close to high level pitchers also to make like a realistic run and you know we we haven't really seen anything for a while in regards to you know not only do we have three you know elite pitchers then you also you know you have Miley in the mix there too um, you know, and thinking about what realistically a series like that would look like against the Astros, because it's not like they don't have offense either. Um, you know, it definitely is unique. I will say that. Um, impossible to beat, you know, definitely not. I mean, all you need is, you know, a lucky streak of, you know, three or four games in a divisional series or even a, you know, in an ALCS for someone to take them down. Um, so, you know, is it looking good for them? Absolutely. They're absolutely the favorites right now. But um, knowing how baseball is, uh, definitely not impossible to take them down. Yeah. Um, right now, even to this point, it's been mostly shock more than anything. Like, oh, my gosh, Zach Ranke to the Astros. Like, we're all doomed. And I, mm. I think it's kind of important to just take a deep breath 
And remember that Zach Greinke is not the same Zach Greinke that he was even like <laughs> three or four years ago. He's still really good, um, but he's throwing <laughs> 90 miles an hour also very effectively. But it's it's a different it's a different animal now, like a slightly more a different for animal. Oh yeah, no. too soon, man. Uh, um, I guess. <laughs> but you know, they they made the jump. I talked about you know my team really not showing me that they were gonna do everything that they could to win right now, and the Astros did. This is like Exhibit A, like this. Or I mean, is that the good exhibit? Like this is the team that's doing it right, and really doing everything they can to address like they address their bullpen they got guys like aaron sanchez and um and uh, joe biagini from the blue jays as well um and the astros scare me more than they did before they scared me before and now i i i expect the only way anybody's gonna take them down is with some kind of incredible stroke of luck or you know that seems what it is every every playoff so we'll we'll see but yeah that was good good job Astros good job yeah um and that's I I think we've talked about most of the major ones Castellanos the Cubs was, was good for them they they were struggling um that might be one of my favorite deals honestly of the of the whole trade deadline I think that you know he's a good talent going to a team that kind of needs another presence in the outfield I think that was, that was a great deal for the Cubs. Mm-hmm. They can't hit lefties. He mashes lefties. Great move. Yeah, yeah. Which is surprising that 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 the the Cubs can't hit lefties in a lineup that supports <laughs> Chris Bryant and Javier Baez as like two of their best hitters. Yeah, um, wasn't expecting that. And the Braves also did very well for themselves, um, mm-hmm. mostly in the bullpen. They got Shane Green from the Tigers, and they got Mark Melanson, uh. which was a a real head scratcher for me that was mm-hmm. that's one of the the most iconic awful contracts of this <laughs> era and they moved it i don't know how i don't know how what you guys did to do that but it happened yeah no i think you know because you know well and we'll go into you know all the other giants moves in a little bit but that was not only one of the most surprising but one of the most we're leaving too because I mean it was it was evident you know even Melanson's first game you know he blew his very first save with us after that whole disaster thing with the end of the 2016 season with the Giants blowing the lead to the Cubs and the NLDS and the fact that 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 burden is off of us for you know a top prospect and uh you know a not established pitcher but you know at least a pitcher with potential you know, with uh Winkler and then Tristan Beck I I couldn't be more happy <laughs> So. Yeah, I mean, let's let's talk about all the the other little weird things that the Giants did now, and then I'll ask you just how you're feeling about a potential playoff push. Um, but Scooter Jeanette, yeah, for some reason, is now on the that's, Giants. That's a crowded middle infield right now. I, uh, you know, and that not to say that like, oh, there's a lots of talent, lots of talent to go around because you know Scooter's been struggling uh, coming back from his injury. Um, but they have a lot of so that, that's the other weird thing about their moves too. So. Um, going jumping over to the Brewers deal now, um, the Pomeranz uh, Ray Black trade, um, getting Mauricio uh, Dubon. Um, you know he's a middle infielder. They got Joe Panic on the team. Now they got Scooter Jeanette, and then uh, they also have someone that uh, no one's really been talking about. They have this guy Donovan Solano. Um, he only has about 150 bats on this at bats on the season, but he's batting 3.41. Um, he's very silently been killing it. And you have, you know, four or five guys that can really play the middle infield for the Giants. And there's just too much to go around. So someone's on their way out. If I had to guess, it'd probably be Joe Panic, Because, um, like, you know, if you have a, you know, former all-star talent like Scooter Jeanette coming in, he's going to expect to play. Um, so or I'd at least expect to see him out there. Um, so I'd be interested to see if they're planning on shifting some guys to the outfield for that. Cause you know, the giants outfield has obviously been all over the place all season. Um, but, uh, that's going to be really weird to see who they end up throwing in there. Cause a lot of good defensive talent over there, but they need to figure out who's going to finally, you know, be batting. Um, but definitely the scooter one confused me a lot. Um, yeah, he's you know, been, not, he's not, been terrible not, this year. I, I don't know if you're think, aware of this. I think I think he's two seven batting two seventeen right now. Um, it's it's pretty bad, you know. You I think you're aware in our league. He's on my fantasy team, and he's just been you know utter garbage. 
He has a um, 497 OPS. Ah, yeah, that's that's the number I was looking for. Yeah, that's bad. Yeah, so yeah, that's that's not looking great over there. But again, I you know if it was up to me, um, I can't imagine I you know Scooter would be out there a lot. I obviously I'm I'm more on the what we had before the Brandon Crawford Donovan Solano combo. Um, so this is definitely going to muddy the waters a little bit. Yeah, um, and he also so, has zero home runs to this point and is now yeah. in the worst lefty hitters park in baseball. Yeah, yeah. No, it was it's not a good look right now, and it's I I. I honestly don't know what they're going to end up doing with him. Um, but going back over to that that Brewers trade, um, biggest steal by far, probably definitely my favorite deal of the entire trade deadline because um, I was on Twitter. You Wait, know, that why? Month. That's such a minor deal. Well, for for big re- Well, okay, it, it's Not minor, significant. As as a Giants fan, <laughs> I think it's huge because we ended up. So okay, so we ended up getting Pomeranz at the beginning of the season. Really minimal deal. Um, obviously he didn't perform, so it wasn't that hard to trade him. Um, I think Dubon has a lot of upside and based on what I, th- I think it's also based on what I thought the original deal was going to be. Cause I saw like, Oh, the Brewers and Giants are about to make a big deal. And I'm over here like, Oh my gosh, like this is, this is the bum grunt of trade. It's about to happen. So when they said it was Pomeranz getting thrown in there, I was like, <laughs> what? Like, okay, I'll take it. Um, so personally, I'm, I'm just glad that Pomeranz is out and we have, we were able to make a lot of big deals where we brought in um, a lot of you know low key kind of prospects, and we still maintained our base. Um, I think that's huge, and kind of just the tone of the the whole thing. You know, keeping Mad Bum, keeping Will Smith, um, getting a few prospects back. I mean, it, it's in and still keeping that core and keeping fans interested with the guys we already had. I think, I mean, I couldn't be more satisfied. Um, other than we did lose Sam Dyson, um, really good relief presence. Um, for players that I find to be pretty insignificant, um, but I mean, I'd, I'd give it like a B plus. I'm 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 generally pretty satisfied. Are you like, are are you genuinely optimistic about this team? Because this um, is what's conf- like every single name yeah. that you've mentioned is inconsequential in the big picture, and that's that's kind of the Giants now. That's how I see, yeah. I see them as inconsequential. It's, really? <laughs> it's weird because I think I'm generally just excited because, and, you know, obviously I can't speak for all Giants fans when I say this, but, you know, <laughs> I mean, we, we talked even a little bit about this, you know, side conversations about where we expect the Giants to fall. And just about anyone I asked, oh, it's last place. They're going to be last place hands down. And they still very well could be last place. In fact, you know, it's still, you know, somewhat likely. Um, but to see that there's at least some kind of, you know, uh, you know, it's something that a rally that we've been able to, you know, at least enjoy. Um, quite frankly, there's, I know that it's, it's not obviously a sustainable rally just because of, you know, it's, you know, they, I, I saw a stat the other day where it was the Giants were the first team in MLB history to be 10 games under 500 in the month of July and then end with a positive record. Um, cause that's, you know, that's kind of a, a tough month to make a big turnaround, um, right around the trade deadline. And obviously that, that that was what led to their um, you know uh, sell mentality to kind of like a buy mentality, and they they didn't really end up picking a side at the end of the day. You know they were kind of right in the middle. So the fact that they're at least you know putting on some entertaining baseball, you know extra innings, late inning games, one run games, and they're winning. Um, do I expect them to make playoffs? No, I I, I genuinely don't. Um, but I'm just kind of in the mood for entertaining baseball with players I like to watch, and that's. Yeah. You know, I, again, I can't speak for everyone, but I've, I've enjoyed it. Yeah, you had a good yeah, decade, well, Giants. You had a good decade. Yeah, the, the, the Giants did fan service by not selling their core, and I honestly think that set them back another two, three years, unless they sell hard in the offseason. I really, I mean, from a baseball perspective, the Giants should, should have sold. They need their their prospect depth is not good. They got decent prospects back. I agree with that, but they had they had they could have extracted a lot more value out of it. Um, I think they. We're a little overconfident after this run, and uh, you know didn't want to sell sell too hard. But I I, I really think standing pat wasn't the right move. At least yeah, they didn't I, buy. That would have been bad. Yeah, I buying think buying would have been bad. But yeah, the, I, most, I still think they should have sold. Most of the you know is same conversation I was having with my dad about it. How from a Giants fan like there's the Giants fans, and then there's everyone else, all the other fans in baseball. Um, every other fan in baseball would probably say that the Giants really messed up, and I understand that. From a Giants fan point of view, I think we're all pretty happy. Um, 
but I, I totally get that, and I think that... I, I don't think they really messed up. They could have done better, but they didn't. They didn't make big mistakes and and buy. They didn't. They didn't sell whatever prospects they had left to try and make a push. They yeah. They kind of stood pat, which I think was still the wrong move, but not as bad as buying. Yeah, I think Farhan was probably trying to figure out whether you know which side am I going to go. Am I going to go you know blow up this team right now, or am I going to try to keep this core intact? And I think in his mind, he's like, oh, you know, I'm going to try to find some kind of middle ground, and I think that's more or less what he did. Um, but you know, it's uh, I don't know. It's we'll we'll see how the rest of the season pans out. But you know, maybe a second wild card spot. But we have a pretty tough schedule for the rest of the season. So yeah, I don't know. The last thing I'll say about that is that San Francisco is not a not a market where it's okay to be a terrible team, especially with a lot of recent success and you know from from other yeah. Bay Area sports. It's it's a huge market, and they have mm-hmm. lots of money. And I don't think they'll have any problems rebuilding. Um, they're mm-hmm. not a small market team. The rich teams, I don't know if you noticed, can rebuild on a dime. Yankees yeah. and Dodgers are, are able to like stack up their their farm systems in in no time, even mm-hmm. when they're not going so hot. So no worries there. Uh, and let's. I think we should talk about the the more relevant and interesting Bay Area team before <laughs> we wrap this up. Um, <laughs> and I'll I'll turn to you, Seamus, more to, to talk about the A's who are right in it in the wild card race um, would be shocked if they made a legitimate division push, but they made, they made moves at the deadline too. They acquired Tanner Roark and they got Homer Bailey earlier on, which is puzzling. Uh, So they're, they're right there and they are healthy now, which is almost, almost, almost almost fully Ramon Liano just went on the, uh, the IL, which is unfortunate. Um, but they they have they have both mats fully operational, Matt Olson, Matt Chapman, hitting bombs constantly, and they look like a really good team, aside from like a few minor things like pitching. Uh, so uh, you know what what are your expectations for the A's this year in a decade that really has been, you know, mediocre to say the least. Yeah, I mean, it's been turning around. I was there when they won in 2012 and came out of nowhere when they beat the Rangers. So I wouldn't say it's been mediocre. It's been great. I mean, they don't have many resources. They still somehow find a way to win. That's what it's like being an A's fan. Kind of back on Ben, Giants holding. I really respect them for doing that, keeping their guys, because I know far too well what it's like as an A's and Padres guy, losing your guys all the time. It sucks. <laughs> but, uh, Josh but, um, Donaldson I'll- says hello. Yeah, Josh Donaldson. I mean, we got Beretto for that. We have we have Bassett too. He's been having. That's what it is. But uh, Beretto's been terrible. He's never done good for the A's. But um, this year, I mean, the A's made classic A's moves. Homer Bailey, an example, is a guy where they're kind of hoping to find lightning in a bottle. They got it last year with fires, and Bailey's been okay, other than that terrible start in Houston. He's been fine. I mean, that's a, just a classic A's move, getting depth. Um, I really like the Diekman move, getting another lefty. Their bullpen has been um, kind of like it feels like it's been really bad this year. They've been blowing a lot of saves, but uh, it's actually been sneaky good. Uh, Trinan's getting on back on track. Trevino's still a little bit in trouble, but he's getting there. Um, Liam Hendricks is emerging as a decent closer. I would have liked to seen them get, I mean, some back-end guy would have been great, but, I mean, they're just right in the middle of the wild card, so I'm fine with them standing put. They didn't really trade any amazing prospects, so they didn't really give much for the future to get. Uh, Bailey, who's been, you know, he's an innings eater. Roark, another innings eater. He's an average guy. And then Diekman's a nasty lefty. He was throwing pretty hard. They didn't give up much for him. So I like all three moves. Classic A's move, beef up the bullpen, see where we're at. We're always a team that kind of goes for it. If we have a shot, even if, you know, we're, we may not win the World Series, we may not even make the playoffs, but they know they have a shot and they go for it, and I respect them for that. But, I mean, they also have uh, Manaya's close, Puck is close, Lazaro's close, um, even Cotton's back. Like, there's four starters right there. They have, you know, they're just getting these guys to eat a few more innings before our main guys come back. And in the playoffs, I mean, they'd probably play the Astros if they win the wild card game against, I mean, Either the Rays or or the Indians, like, like or anybody, 
Yeah. Yeah. I think they stack up well there with their offense. It seems to go, especially if Piscotty can come back. But I mean, the Astros are beatable. Cole last year in the playoffs was not good. Zeke, uh, Grinky's old. I mean, I think they can give the Astros a run for their money. I mean, I don't know if they're going to win. The Astros are really good, but I think with the guys that are coming back, you're going to see a really good team in October. Yeah, I like that's, their. That's sneaky. That's a sneaky injury reserve. Yeah. I'd say I wasn't even thinking about them honestly, and now you made a compelling uh, argument. I'll give you that. I, four solid guys down on the minors getting ready. I mean, Puck and Lazaro are not big league proven, so who knows what they're going to be, but they got electric stuff. Um, they can match well against the Astros. We'll see. I mean, those guys are lefties on the Astros kind of crush lefties, but, um, we'll see their offense always hits bombs. If they can get going, I mean, they've been taking it to good bullpen pieces against the Brewers this weekend. They got to hate her twice, Matt Olson with that bomb. And then Chapman today, they have some good players. If everyone can get healthy, I mean, I could see them going far. Yeah, I'm I'm optimistic now about the A's. Um, yeah, mostly just because they're a fun, penny-pinching team, and they always have been, even though they don't have to be really anymore. But we, you know, it's it's fine. The Rays are similar. You know, they did they did yeah, good the Rays, things Rays at the deadline. Similar. And yeah, you you, you kind of root for them. You're yeah. like good good for them. Like, I, I don't expect big things. You know, when it comes to the, when it comes playoffs, it really seems like it it really narrows down to a few teams quickly at that point. So, I mean, I think the A's are in a better position than the Rays just because they have so many guys coming up that can pitch well. But who knows? I mean, I'll be, uh, I'll be moving up there in a few weeks, and I'm really excited to go to some games late in the season and see what's up. I mean, if they're hosting the wild card game, I'll be there. Heck yeah. Love team, it. Man. It'd be great. I think yeah. they got a logistic shot. They're a good team. And, I mean, they're a young team too, so they still have plenty of years ahead of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I think that's going to wrap up the podcast for today. There's so, still so many things that we didn't talk about as much as we could, but we've gone on for a long time. So thank you. Seamus and Ben for joining us. I hope you guys had fun. We definitely uh, had, had oh, fun definitely had talking, fun. getting some new perspectives in here. <laughs> so yeah, we're we're gonna we're gonna wrap things up. Thank you everybody listening um, for sticking around to this point. If you did, um, all two of you, as Ben alluded to earlier, and if you did enjoy, <laughs> make sure you rate, comment, and subscribe to our podcast. Check out our website, beattheshiftbaseball.com. All our podcasts, articles, fantasy, everything is there. And follow us on social media at BeatTheShiftBP, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. That is it. Thank you, everybody. One last time, as always, Ben. Yep. No, they don't know what to do. Peace. <laughs> oh, I don't... I- They don't listen to the the podcast. They're frauds. (laughs) I'll listen to this one.